0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in
1: your Bibles this evening, please, to 1 Chronicles chapter 19. I'd appreciate it. That's 1 Chronicles chapter 19. And give me an amen once you are there. Amen? Amen? And so, Father, we thank you this evening for your goodness in our life, Lord. Oh, where would we be? Without you, the true living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord, you made the mountains that surround us, the beautiful seas of the planet, all the living creatures, Lord, and you made us. And Lord, there are no other gods but you. You hold uh, life in your hand, and so we find great comfort in that tonight, Lord, that our God is the creator, and you have our life in your hands. And Lord, you love us, Lord, and so, may you be magnified, Lord. May your will be done as we study your word. May you bless it. Holy Spirit, move in this place tonight. Give us meek hearts, Lord, to receive from you your implanted word. And Father, may you get all the glory for it. May it be all of you and then of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, so in First Chronicles chapter 19, and again, Chronicles is that Book of just showing the uh, or the David David Davidic uh, line that's so important. The kings of Judah and the kings of Israel following uh, David's line that will one day lead to the Messiah. And in our story, God has been blessing uh, David and establishing uh, Israel, and it's early in his kingdom. And as you know. David, as he's established in Jerusalem, has desired to build God a temple, but the Lord said no to him. But God was so blessed by his gesture that he promised David that he would give him a son uh, one day who will build the temple, and also that the dynasty of his family, that the throne of his family, would know no end. Speaking of the Messiah, of course, Jesus Christ, who would come from his lineage. Jesus is from that kingly lineage of David. And so he said no to him. But in our story, we see King David uh, going around battling the enemies of God. And what, he's, what, what the purpose of it is, prob- is you know, one of the purposes is to gather materials for the building of the temple. He was not allowed to build the temple, but that didn't mean that he couldn't help get all of the necessary materials for it. And so in our story, we've been seeing that um, the Lord uh, has been using David mightily in the fact that he attacked the Philistines and he subdued them. And the fact that he uh, attacked the Arabians and subdued them and the Syrians. And then after that, the Edomites, Amon, Ammon. And uh, it's always hard for me to say Amalek for some reason. Amalek. And so all of these uh, enemies of the Lord and enemies of God's people, they began to uh, pay tribute to Israel. And so David was receiving from them uh, tribute, money, no doubt, to help build the temple. He took their golden shields and equipment and... There was chariots, but it was just a whole lot of gold, a whole lot of silver, a whole lot of bronze. Just the things that he would need for the temple. And he dedicated all of those materials to the Lord. And so in our story, he's continuing uh, to uh, uh, conquer and gather materials. And so in verse 1, we continue of chapter 19. It said, it happened after this that Nahash, the king of the people of Ammon, died. And his son reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father, and David's servants came to Hanun in the land of the people of Ammon to comfort him. Now this king, Nahash, who just died, king of Ammon, he's been around for a long time. They say about 50 years, 10 years during uh, David's kingdom, and then 40 years uh, uh, dealing with Saul, uh, King Saul. But Nahash, this king, really uh, came after Israel uh, early in Saul's reign. If you remember the story in 1 Samuel chapter 11... It was, uh, first of all, Ammon is, the location of Ammon is east of the Transjordan area, which is the east of the Jordan River near Galilee. So it's up there near the, where the tribe of the Gadarenes would be, Gad and half tribe Manasseh. So it's east of Galilee, east of the Jordan. That's where Ammon is from. But King nah- Nahash Uh, Back in Samuel uh, chapter 11, 1 Samuel, he encamped against the area there where the Israelites were in a place called Jabesh Gilead. And all of the men of that area, the Israelites from Jabesh, they said to the king, right, Nahash, they said, make a covenant with us and we will serve you. And Nahash, if you remember, he said to them, I will, but under one condition, I get to take all of your right eyes, and so that it would be a total reproach against Israel. So this is Nehat. This is the guy who died. That's what he did. And in that story, back in chapter 11 of 1 Samuel, uh, the Israelites cried out to Saul. And uh, the Lord helped Saul and the Israelites uh, defeat uh, Ammon there at Jabesh Gilead. So that's the history of that king. But as we just read, sometime later, King Nahesh, he showed some kindness to King David. It's undisclosed. We don't know what kindness he did. But nonetheless, he did something kind to David where he felt compelled to send some messengers at his death for his son um, Nahun, I believe is his name. Amen? Hanun. Yeah, Hanun. Uh, to go and comfort him. And so it was a nice gesture that David did. But we don't know what Nahash did to to earn that, that respect from David. So, so David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came to Hanun in the land of the people of Ammon to comfort him. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanun, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Did his servants not come to you to search and to overthrow and to spy out the land? Therefore Hanun took David's servants, shaved them, and cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks and sent them away. Then some went and told David about the men. And so we see here, that uh, this king, Hanun, got some pretty bad advice from uh, his friends there, the princes of uh, Ammon, who told him that uh, David's messengers are there with bad intentions. And so he bought into their uh, bad counsel. And took hold of David's servants, as we just read, shaved them and cut off their garments in the back so their buttocks were exposed and sent them away very shamefully. And so in the ancient Far East, a a man's beard and his hair, you know, it it meant the world to the men in ancient Far East culture. It it spoke of their pride. It spoke of their maturity. It spoke of their manhood. So this was a, a, a terrible shameful thing that they did to them. And these poor guys went off, no doubt, full of shame and embarrassment. And, um, and so uh, it, it's a terrible thing for a culture at that time. But the shame that they experienced, it just spoke to my heart as I was studying how it reminds me of the shame, so much of the shame that the devil bestows upon people in the world. The devil has people so blinded about their lives that they feel that they can live a life aside, apart from a relationship with God. Think about how many people are duped, how many people are deceived. They think that everything's fine. They think that they don't need God and it's such a deceptive thing and it's such a shameful thing. We too... Once we're, we're blinded by the devil. We too, were gone. And, and there's those in society who are also blind who, who you know, maybe in this world they're, they're held as, as honorable people. People of prestige. People of, 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 of honor and maybe heroism. People who live their whole lives doing good, being good citizens, but... At the end of their life, does it not end in shame if they have not given their life to Jesus Christ? Because the most shameful thing that a person can do is to deny Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for our sins. And to not receive him as your savior, that is the most shameful sin of all. No doubt when the great white throne judgment takes place, that is the key factor. Yes, Uh, those who don't know Jesus their sins will be exposed and and all that they have said and done would be exposed but the greatest sin and the greatest shame is is living life without a need of receiving Jesus Christ as their God and so Satan has this world so deceived and you think about how shameful sin is and how you know, People have lost their sense of the shame of their sins in the world. Think about how many uh, teenage pregnancies, how many abortions, how many violent acts, how many drunken uh, n- nights. How m- how, I mean, it can go on and on, the shameful things that, the, that are done by those in the world. And so their shame reminds me Kind of what Satan is doing to so many people. There's so much shame. There's so much uh, uh, nakedness and and so much exposure. But they don't see it. We have come to the light so we see how shameful it is. And when we come to the light, when one turns from darkness to light, they realize just how shameful that sin was and how embarrassed and shameful uh, Satan had them. In just positions of, of embarrassment. The things that we've done in our past before we came to know Christ. So, so shameful. So, so terrible. And it's just the work of the devil. And he's still working. He knows his time is short. But I think we're here to help people understand how shameful sin is. And how Christ came to die for it. It's not enough to just love God. We must hate evil as well. It's not enough to come to Jesus Christ, but to hate those very sinful, shameful actions that we used to do that could have sent us to hell. Had we not repented, fornication would have sent us to hell. Had we not repented, so many sins would have sent us to hell. The shame that these men just went through just reminds me of how Satan does these things in the world to people in John 10 10 Jesus said the thief does not come except to steal to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundant sin is so shameful isn't it I mean I love Jesus Christ because he bestows upon anyone who would put their faith in him, a righteousness that is not theirs, but his righteousness. That is the most tremendous work of Jesus Christ, that he removes our shame, our sin, the stain of it, the the, the hurt of it, and then bestows upon us righteousness, as if we've never sinned, clean as a whistle. That is tremendous, guys. That is beautiful. And he gives us a clean conscience Oh, thank God for the clean conscience that he gives. We, we lived in such shame. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. That was us. Shameful. Filthy. But God came into our lives, didn't he? And if you haven't accepted him God wants to come into your life to remove the stain of sin, to save you from the wrath to come. And so in verse five, then some went and told David about the men and he sent to meet them because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, wait in Jericho until your beards have grown and then return." Oh, I love that about King David. Look at his heart. He hears about it and he sends to them that he wants to meet them. Because they were greatly uh, embarrassed. Or was that greatly ashamed? One or the other. Greatly ashamed. Sorry. It's a Wednesday night. Because he knew they were greatly ashamed, he says, I'm going down to them. The king is going down to them. Doesn't that remind you of the king of kings, our Jesus, our Lord, the son of David? Because our shame was so great, he came down to meet us, to meet you. Oh, I thank him. I thank him for the blessed redemption that he gives i love jesus because he saved me from my shame he gave me honor and respect that i never had in this world i sought it i fought for it i did evil to have respect to have a life that was honorable what i thought was honorable in the streets and i could never find it until jesus christ came into my life forgave me of my sins Took my shame away and he bestowed honor and righteousness and prestige upon you and I. Look at us now. Look at you. Amazing. You are an amazing son or daughter of the Lord. If you've given him your heart, amazing what he has done. How he just transmitted us from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of sin to the kingdom of the son of his love. It's a beautiful thing. But that's what Jesus came to do, right? At the end of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, the end of the verses I previously read, it says, you know, we were as such, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ Jesus. But God, in his great love, and seeing our shame, seeing that we walked according to the prince of the air of this world, he loved us, and he loves us still. And he, if he went through so much trouble for us, my goodness, the days are going to be awesome for us. Even in the midst of trials and persecutions and hardships, the days are going to be awesome. He, he went through a lot to save us. He's not going to leave us hanging. Blessings are in him. In fact, Jesus, when he was in Nazareth, remember he, he read uh, Psalm 61 at that synagogue. And it was six, uh, Isaiah 61 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor at Sweet Hills. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. To give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He takes away our shame. Let us never go back to it. Let us never go back to it. But grow in the Lord. And if you're here, know that and you haven't accepted Jesus. Know that he loves you. And there's no sin that he is not willing to forgive. All you have to do is give him your heart. Is say to the Lord, forgive me, I've sinned against you. I acknowledge my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. And believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And he's in heaven praying for you. You believe that? You confess that? In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of, and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All of it. All of it. But then what does Jesus say? Follow me. Right? Follow me. Go and sin no more. And what's interesting, there's a really cool verse that I found in First John chapter 2. I'm going to have you turn there, because I haven't had you guys turn. You know what I mean? You guys are chilling. Pick up, pick up the Bibles, Please. First John chapter 2, towards the back. First John chapter 2, verse 28. And give me an amen once you're there. And now little children abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. People ask all the time, how do I know I've been saved, Pastor Ryan? Are you doing right things? That's one sign. Keep practicing that. Because Jesus does what's right, then we do what's right. And the same is true. It says that he who has been born of God does not sin. John would say in his epistles, does not practice sin. Amen? It doesn't say does not sin, because we all sin. But it would mean, the, the, the meaning of it is, is the practicing of sin. All right. Then some went and told David, and he told them, he went to meet the guys and said, wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. I just like that, you know, that, that wisdom, just stay there until your beard grows. And now I think we, it's a good reminder for us to love like Christ, now that we've been forgiven, and love covers a multitude of inequities, to, to be those who cover the, the faults of our brothers and sisters, not... Not not that we don't hold them accountable. Always hold your brother or sister accountable, right guys? Right? Right? Hold them accountable. If you love them, tell them they're doing bad. For sure. If you if you, you say you love them and don't warn them, you know, you're not a very good friend the Bible says. Or a very good Christian. We have to warn. We have to warn. But when it's dealt with, zip it. Keep it quiet. And I, I just love being a papa to my uh, my two little ones, you know, Tavia and Olive. They're they're they're, they're you know f- five and seven, and you know they're, they're getting a little bit older. And at that age, you know, kids tend to you know recognize embarrassment more, shame more. And I just love coddling them and encouraging them and. Protecting them and shielding them and keeping things private and safe for them. You know, I just love that about being a a dad. I thank God for that. I, I learned learn how to be more like Jesus and and just shielding them from this or that. You know, they start crying. You pick them up, take them somewhere where where others can't see them crying, if possible. You know, just kind of, you know, that's a, it's a very loving to to. To shield people of of shame and embarrassment. It's a loving thing to do. And so, it's something every child uh, desires and it's something I think every human being desires.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services. We now have two services on Sunday one at 8.30 a.m., and again at 10.30 a.m., or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicholas Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab.